Welcome to Locked on Cardinals. I'm your host, Alex Clancy. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Hope everybody's staying safe. Social distancing sucks. Self-quarantining sucks, but it's a necessary evil at this point. And I don't, I'm not important enough to give a PSA like all the other like celebrities and all that stuff. But I just hope everybody's safe and, you know, catching up on their Netflix time, on their sleep, family time. That's pretty much what I'm doing. And I mean, listen, if it weren't for a national pandemic, it'd be pretty sweet to be able to just relax and take a break from life for a while. Um, but obviously that's not the case, and hopefully everybody stays safe. And um, listen to the Lockdown Cardinals and the rest of the Lockdown Podcast Network. The Arizona Cardinals ranked higher than I expected they would in the way-too-early power rankings from ESPN. That's your Lockdown Cardinals lead story. I'm Alex Clancy. Now, it's not the fact that they ranked 21st on the most recent power rankings. It came out a couple days ago, okay? Th- that's not the point. That's cool. I mean, these this is so arbitrary at this point. I mean, it's a fun talking point and everything. I, I listen. I'm here for the fun, and and it's it's fun to talk about power rings. Ooh, where did they? Oh man, that team's a little too high. Ooh, that's a little low. What especially what they've done in free agency? That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is the Arizona Cardinals making it to the NFC Championship game, getting the blow, getting their doors blown off. And then all or nothing coming out the next year, and everybody just putting the crown on them as the as the NFC champs when when no games have been played, and then obviously they sputtered out. This team is very fragile. Let me tell you what I mean. What I mean by that, this team is impressionable and fragile in a way that too high of expectations could prove to be disastrous. And disastrous, obviously, relative term. But it's fragile in a way that the Cardinals don't need any hot air blown into their balloon too early. Go in some games. Yes, they've done an incredible job, all things considered, since the end of the 2018 season to completely revamp this franchise, whether it be the free agency and the draft. Byron Murphy, cool. Jury's still out. Zach Allen, cool. Jury's still out. Uh, the offensive line acquisitions haven't been great, including Marcus Gilbert, who didn't play a game last year. Mar- uh, Robert Alford was on the shelf all year last year. Hakeem Butler through the draft. He was looked to be a steal at the first, first pick in the fourth round. I just need people to chill when it comes to overhyping this team. And it's not because I'm trying to remove the fun out of your life. Obviously, I get excited. They have DeAndre Hopkins is on the team. How did that happen? How did that happen? That would have been collusion at the highest level if this were a fantasy football draft. But tempering expectations is so paramount at this point to just let this team grow organically. The nature in which this team progresses has to be organic. It can't be, oh, they start 2-0 next year, which who the hell knows? It's the NFL. It could happen. And then, just like the Phoenix Suns this year, oh, the Phoenix Suns were top 10 power rankings through five games. Everybody's going bonkers, and they've won, you know, what, 20 games since? And before the season, obviously, was suspended. When it comes to this team, 
and the young nucleus of power players. And I'll still consider DeAndre Hopkins fairly young. I mean, he's not 35. Kenyon Drake, 25. Kyler Murray, 13. How old is Kyler Murray? 22. Christian Kirk, young. Byron Murphy, young. Jordan Hicks, young. Whoever they draft this year, young, young, young. The media and fans, I know the media won't, but especially the fans, need to completely temper expectations, not get too high or too low early, and just let this story play out without trying to write the ending before the season starts. Give these kids and veterans alike, Cliff Kingsbury, young. Give everybody a chance to mature and grow at their own pace, grow together as a team before crowning anything because it could prove to be a huge detriment for the future of this team if people expect them to do things earlier than they will. Coming up, this broke a little bit of news because Kyler Murray had something to say about something specific regarding the Arizona Cardinals franchise, and he wasn't happy with it. I'll talk about that next, Locked on Cardinals. Welcome back, Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast, Locked On AZ Cards. So, just really to touch on what I talked about during the lead story in the last segment, I'm not saying don't be excited. This isn't a Debbie Downer look at what's going on. Trust me. This is something definitely to be excited about for the future of the Cardinals. Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Jordan Hicks, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker, Byron Murphy in his second year. Devon Kennard, Vondre Campbell, Jordan Phillips. Like, they've checked boxes. So be excited. Just don't get overly excited until we see the play on the field. Look at what happened with the Cleveland Browns last year. That's just something to keep in the back of your mind, and I'm not directly comparing the two. Obviously, the roster with the Browns is a couple of years ahead. They had a lot of high draft picks. They've had a lot of high draft picks recently. They had the first and fourth overall pick two years ago, okay? They did trade a boatload for OBJ, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt them in the long run. But And they also drafted Miles Garrett number one overall. So they are in a way better situation than the Cardinals are right now, at least on paper. But look at what happened last year and just temper your expectations until the actual play on the field starts. That's all I'm saying. The Arizona Cardinals need to change their jerseys. The Arizona Cardinals need to change their uniforms. It's getting ridiculous at this point. Kyler Murray went out on Twitter as I teased before the before the spot block that he, he doesn't like the jerseys, he doesn't like uniforms. There's nothing sexy about the Arizona Cardinals uniforms. I would take the Tampa Bay Buccaneer creamsicle jerseys over the Arizona Cardinals jerseys right now. Just look at what the NBA's done. And I, I know you can't directly compare the NBA and the NFL because in just a humanistic way of things, people wear it's easier to wear NBA jerseys more than NFL jerseys. People do that a lot more just walking around town because it's not like a muumuu that you put over your shoulders like an NFL jersey is. It's it, it you only wear really NFL jerseys when you go to NFL games or watch NFL games at home or at your favorite bar or whatever. You can wear NBA jerseys whenever because they're more stylish. And there are so many hundreds of different kinds of NFL of NBA jerseys. Like one of my favorite jerseys ever is the is the orange PHX Suns jersey. Sexy as hell. You can there is never going to be an end 
to what people do with NBA jerseys. NFL jerseys are so boring. You know, like, the Seahawks have tried, and the Puke Green's cool, I guess, but it's at least they're trying. You know, I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers jerseys now. I like the throwback, you know, a Green Bay Packer jersey where it looks like the Leatherheads thing. You know, I like those. Throwbacks are cool just because, you know, it's what was done in the 60s, 70s, and 80s sometimes. But the Arizona Cardinals jerseys are just, ugh. I think a total revamp is in order. Make black more prominent. Black and red, the two prominent colors, and have white be an accent. Make white, like, the sexy tertiary accent of the three colors. You're telling me that on a big Sunday football game, and the Cardinals roll out in black jerseys with white numbers and just a big red C across the chest, that wouldn't be sick. It'd be like the city or, or uh, the BKN or you know whatever the NBA people do, or the land with Cleveland. There are no rules. People just don't adhere because it's such an it, it's such an old sport regarding the structure and everything that the Patriots they changed their. Okay, they changed the Minuteman on their helmet. Cool. Like, little things like that are, like, otherworldly with the NFL. Just do something, Cardinals. Do something because they're ugly. They're old. All it's missing is the big-ass shoulder pads from the 70s, and you'd have the old-school jerseys. There's nothing intimidating about the jerseys. And red, listen, I love just the normal red jerseys with the white, and there's black trim somewhere. That's fine. Do something with the helmets, do something with the logo, and just change the color scheme a little bit. Just a little. I mean, look at what Arizona State did. I think it was 2011 when they made black a lot more prominent of a color than just the gold and what maroon, whatever whatever the colors they are, whatever the actual names of the colors they are. They're sexy as hell. Those black jerseys are awesome. Give me more of that. And the Arizona Cardinals are not so stuck in the past regarding color scheme like they're not one of the blue bloods of the NFL. And blue bloods I know is a college term, but like the Giants, they're never going to change their jerseys. It's blue, and it's a blue helmet, and it's white and white on the side. Cool. Steelers, same way. Packers, that green's going to be that green forever green. And yeah, they have their throwbacks and everything, but there are teams like the Cowboys. Ain't no way they're really going to change their jerseys. The logo is always going to stay the same. You may get a little here and there, a little twinge, maybe to sell more jerseys. Maybe the blue is going to change a little bit. And I'm not talking about color rush here, because color rush was a forced upon thing for Thursday night football games that just didn't work. Like, I think there is so much room to grow with the Arizona Cardinals uniforms. And people talk about this a lot as just a talking point because there's no, you know, there aren't sports on right now. I'm serious. Like, this is this is something that not only would build revenue for the franchise in the NFL, but with red being such a shared color across the NFL, like when the 49ers come here, you don't know which red's red. Throw some black on that? Come on, man. I would love to black out State Farm Stadium instead of Red out. Stupid. I think that that's something the Arizona Cardinals really need to look at. Because when you're shipping in this new era of football, it should have a sexy new twinge colored scheme and logo to go with it. I truly believe that.
We'll jump back into some more football talk next as we wrap up this Thursday edition of Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. Final segment, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy here. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. So I told you I'd get back some football talk, and here it is. This is the conversation that we're going to be having over the next few weeks until the NFL draft happens, if it happens, on the days that they say it's going to, between the 23rd and 25th of April. What happens if a player like Isaiah Simmons or Jeff Okuda drops to eight? And it sounds dumb, okay, but go with me here. With how top-heavy the quarterback position is, in reference to importance or or perceived importance in the top of NFL drafts now seemingly every year, that adds a little extra potential for the Cardinals to get to have an opportunity to draft somebody that they have no business being able to draft. The reason why I bring up Isaiah Simmons and Jeff Okuda especially, number one, this probably won't happen, but it, you have to be prepared for any sort of situation. So say Jeff Okuda drops. And, you know, uh, Tristan Wirfs goes forward in New York, and Isaiah Simmons goes, and, and a team trades back or trades in to the top to the top seven to draft a quarterback. And then maybe a wide receiver goes early. We have no idea. We have no idea what's going to happen. And if you think you do, you're wrong. I mean, that it's just the truth. We have no idea if a wide receiver is going to go five. We have no concept of what teams are going to want to do, okay? There could be two offensive linemen taken in the first seven, depending on where the chips fall. If Jeff Okuda drops to eight, and he's looked at as the third best player in this draft, would not Chase Young or Joe Burrow, it just posed an interesting question. Because the Cardinals seem to be quote-unquote flush in, in with DBs compared to the other spots that they have on, on the defensive side especially, do you pass on the best player available and go with a position of need? Jeff Okuda could be the next Marshawn Lattimore. He could be the next Jalen Ramsey, and you're going to pass on him just because you need an interior defensive lineman. It It's an interesting proposition. Now, I'm completely taking away the fact that, say somebody in the middle teens wants Jeff Okuda to trade up and the Cardinals to trade back. I'm taking that away. Say Tristan Wirfs is gone, okay? Say Derek Brown is there. Say Jedrick Wills is there. And say Jeff Okuda is there. Hypothetically speaking, do you take the best interior defensive lineman, by all accounts, out of Auburn, after adding so much off a defensive line help with with Jordan Phillips and adding a couple linebackers? Not necessarily a lot of help, but you added an interior defensive lineman in Jordan Phillips in the offseason from Buffalo. Do you take Jedrick Wills, who is looked at as the second best offensive lineman out of this draft? out of need, or do you take the best player available in that situation being Jeff Okuda out of Ohio State, who could be Patrick Peterson's you know, uh, uh, heir apparent replacement? Jeff Okuda is the interesting one. Isaiah Simmons, he's, he's a Swiss Army knife. I mean, he, he could play a lot of different positions. I think he's the best athlete in the draft, top to bottom, over Chase Young, because Chase Young's very good at a couple things. Isaiah Simmons is very good at a lot of things. But with Jeff Okuda, it brings into the other conversation of, well, hey, if he works out, do you have to pay Patrick Peterson? If he works out, 
Can you franchise tag and trade Patrick Peterson next offseason? It just, in essence, if Jeff Okud is there, which, again, I don't think he will be, but if he's there and he works out, that could be monumental in the salary cap situation for the Cardinals for the next four years. You have your best defensive player, potentially, on a rookie deal, you don't have to pay Patrick Peterson, a 30-year-old coming off PED suspension, you know, $40 million guaranteed. That is a double whammy on the positive side. That's something that could blow the absolute roof off the future of this team in a positive way. Think about how much money you could spend on other high-impact guys on either side of the ball if your, if your number one corner is on his rookie deal for four years with a, with a franchise tag fifth, that would be unbelievable. That would be absolutely unbelievable. And it's something that needs to be thought about if the Arizona Cardinals have the situation where Jeff Okuda is there at eight for them to draft. Again, I don't think it'll happen, but it's an interesting thing because nobody knows what the hell is going to happen at the top of the 2020 NFL draft. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.